Aloha, this is U.S. Congressman Ed Case. Why should other people listen to this show, Greater Good Radio? To me, the value of uh, this show is providing some differing perspectives on our community and highlighting the incredible diversity of our community and yet the unified efforts that we all have to make, whether it be on behalf of the business community or on behalf of our broader uh, efforts to make uh, Hawaii a better place. Greater Good Radio. I use it as a rule of thumb that I'm trying to get about five times my money in three years or ten times my money in five years. Hi, we can design your home in one minute or less. Inspire. If you are doing your passion on a daily basis, then you're never going to have to work a day in your life. Greater Good Radio, brought to you by Central Pacific Bank, fiercely loyal banking. Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where we develop tomorrow's leaders by bringing you up close and personal with today's top business people. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Carrie Leong. Today's show is brought to you by Central Pacific Bank. Fiercely, low banking. Today's guest is William Donahoe, owner of the Shipping Shack, Inc. William is the first person in Hawaii to receive government funding for his business due to medical disability. Please welcome to Greater Good Radio, William Donahoe. Welcome to our show, William. Uh, thank you. Thanks for inviting me. So could you tell us what the Shipping Shack is? Uh, the Shipping Shack is a packaged shipping store located at 3569 Harding Avenue in Akaimiki. Uh, we are an authorized shipping center for FedEx. UPS, DHL, and the U.S. Mail. Also, we do packing, uh, faxing, copying service, have a little internet cafe. Okay, so it's a typical shipping type of company. Correct. And then you have the cafe in addition. Correct. Great. And so you were the first person in Hawaii to receive governmental funding for your business with me- medical disability? That is my understanding, correct. Okay, could you tell us a little bit more about how you received the funding? Uh, yes, uh, I worked for FedEx for 19 years, and back in uh, October of 2002, I went out on medical disability, and it was apparent that I was not going to be able to return to FedEx. And I was informed of a program at the uh, Division of Vocational Rehab with the state of Hawaii for people that have been uh, displaced from work due to disabilities. So I, I called them up and made an appointment. And on the initial day, I talked to the supervisor, Susan Ford, and she asked me exactly what I wanted to do. And I told her, actually, I want to start my own business, a package shipping store, since I had experience in that field. And she asked me what kind of experience I had and what kind of schooling, et cetera. And I explained to her, and she said that they were starting a new program instead of taking um, people that are on disability and put it, place them with present employers if they had the qualifications, they would assist them to start their own business to hire people. And she said I was a prime candidate who they were looking for for this new program. Now, while you were on disability, what motivated you to want to start your own business? Uh, my goals, I was set goals in my life. And my goal was, one of my final goals was to start my own business. Uh, I was a single father raising my four sons. And I was going to wait till all my sons you know, were pretty well on their own because I didn't want to take the risk of putting the family in financial jeopardy. 
And then everything just fell into place for me. You know, I came across this program due to my medical condition, et cetera. And like I say, I always want to start my own business. And my goal was, uh, I transferred here to FedEx back in April of 01. And actually, my goal was within two to three years to start my own business anyway. And it just everything just fell into place. Are you able to give us a little background about your disability? You have an interesting story of you know your recovery and when you were told what happened. Sure. Back in mid O2, I started experiencing severe headaches, uh, numbness on the left side of my body, and numbness going down both feet. I was a uh, CDL Class C license for FedEx. I handle explosives and radioactive material to the military bases, et cetera. And every two years, you have to take a DOT physical, and you have to sign a government form stating, you know, if you had a medical condition, came up where you was a harm to yourself or to the public at large, you had to report it. Well, I started blacking out the wheel. So I went to see a specialist, a neurologist, and they did MRIs. I determined I had a brain tumor. And they said that was not causing my symptoms, though, where the tumor was located. They said it was a lipoma, a fatty tissue tumor. So then I went to my supervisor at FedEx here at the Honolulu station and explained to them what they had found what occurred. And they sent me to the, the company doctor, and he put me on medical disability temporarily due to my medical condition. After further tests, it was determined, uh, medical tests, it was determined I had, uh, it's called Chiari Arnold 1. I hope I pronounced that right. And it's here you were born with part of your brain stem missing, which I never knew. And more or less, my brain was actually, I guess you could say, falling down in the base of my skull, hitting my spine. And fluid was building up around my brain and also around my spine. In fact, I had a, it's called a cerex. It's like a fluid blister building up on my cervical spine. You could not see it from no outside but the MRI showed it and so it was determined I needed to have an operation um, and one of the doctors here suggested for me to go back to the mainland to have my operation because uh, two of my sons still live there in Orlando Florida and one of my sons is a firefighter EMT and they suggested for me to be around him during my recovery so I went back to Orlando uh, they took out a piece of my skull and took the tissue off the ball of my brain and while they were in there they discovered uh, scar tissue and growth spurts coming out from my brain through the, t the two membranes that surround, between, that surround your brain to cushion it from your skull. And I believe it's called arachnoid or acnoid adhesions. And they determined that the scar tissue and this growth was from back in uh, August of 89. And I lived up in Ohio and got bit by a deer tick and I contracted Lyme disease, went to spinal meningitis, which was almost fatal to myself. So they removed all the scar tissue and the growth also. And while recovering from my brain surgery, uh, one day I uh, you know, got up off the sofa and my legs collapsed out from underneath me. And this continued on for several months, even after I came back here to Hawaii. And I went back to Florida several times for my more medical tests. And then one time uh, I had to be taken to the emergency room here at Queens, and a doctor here referred me to a specialist here named Kenneth, Kenneth Kahn. And it was determined then that my discs were gone in the, L in the lower lumbar area between the two, three, and the, and the four, and the five, and so they had to be uh, taken out and replaced with six screws and a fusion, et cetera. You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. Today's guest is William Donahoe, owner of The Shipping Shack, Inc. William is the first person in Hawaii to receive governmental funding for his business due to medical disability. Our show is brought to you by Central Pacific Bank. Fiercely, low banking. So, William, you explained to us 
when you were diagnosed with your tumor in your brain. Are you able to share with us through the progression when you decided to start your business and how the Division of Vocational Rehabilitation um, program was able to help you? Uh, yes, like I said before, it's always been my dream to start my own business. And actually, when I went on medical disability, I made a determination then to start the process of you know, starting my own business. And going from trips from medical reasons from between here and the mainland, I continuously worked on it. It was either here in Hawaii or back in Florida. And then when I came back here, uh, it was uh, January, I believe, of uh, 05. And that's when I discovered you know, about the vocational uh, rehab with the state of Hawaii and a the program they, they had started. Did somebody refer you to that program, or did you research and find it yourself? Actually, I stumbled across it by uh, luck. I was on the bus one day uh, going to my doctor, and I looked up and seen one of the signs on the bus, and there was a, a private organization here that receives, uh, receives government f- uh, funding for people on disability if they've been discriminated against, et cetera. So I called them up and explained to them my situation because uh, FedEx would not let me come back to work. And I wanted to just go back and live a normal life. Uh, so the next day the lady called me up and she said uh, that they had a committee meeting that afternoon. And one of them suggested for her to call me back up and to contact the uh, Division of Vocational Rehab, which I immediately did. So it was just a, a string of luck I came across this program. And from that point, what were they able to help you do? Uh, like I said, I went in and you know, did an initial interview, and then they had me come back, uh, set up another interview, uh, and met my uh, caseworker. Her name is Lorraine Golkin with uh, Vocational Rehab. And she sent me to a Hawaii, interpre- Hawaii entrepreneurship uh, class uh, that was uh, instructed by a gentleman by the name of Hal Fraser. And uh, no, I completed his class, and in fact, Hal meets with each one of his students uh, independently outside the classroom, and Hal um, helped me tremendously you know, with my business plan, et cetera. And uh, I started his class back in February of 05, and then September the 1st of 05, I went from a committee of bankers, government officials, and, uh, and et cetera, and presented my business plan. And on September 9th, I was granted my grant to start my business. So who was the key person that really held your hand and took you through the steps of getting your business started? Uh, without a doubt, was Hal Frazier. Okay, and he's the one that leads the Hawaii Entrepreneur Class? Uh, that's correct. Okay, and where is his class held? Uh, at that time, I was taking his class. He, did, he had it here on the 4th Street Mall at the University of Phoenix. He also taught a class at Chaminade University. But now he teaches a class right next door to the Shipping Shack in the uh, Kaimi Key Entrepreneur Center. He uses a conference room there. So he was able to help you put together a business plan and go for the funding that would be necessary to get your business started? Correct. And in fact, uh, in between classes, Hal had uh, the whole month of December, this past December, free. And he came in every day and helped me assist and, and manage and run my store. And as you wrote your business plan, what did you feel or what were you taught was the most important part of the business plan to focus on? Uh, to make sure that all the numbers correspond, you know, the cash flow, expenses, et cetera, and have it you know, to a confined point and not to have too much material in there because a lot of times uh, that will keep you from getting funding where it be you no know, private or public money if you 
have too much information in your business plan. It has to be pinpointed so the person looking over your business plan does not get distracted. And was your business plan um, towards more bankers or for the governmental funding at that time? Actually, it was toward both. Uh, I had to have pinpoint accuracy in my numbers. I had to have down exactly pinpoint material. It could be point of sale registers, the software, uh, packing supplies, building materials, and, er and everything. Everything had to be pinpointed down to the exact numbers, down to a precise penny, exactly what I needed. Thanks, William. We'll talk more about that after the break. Stay tuned for more on Sports Radio 1420. How do you sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. What does coaching have to do with running a business? Welcome to the Money Minute from Central Pacific Bank. Today we're talking with Sherry Lee, commercial banker. Whenever we hear the word coach, we usually think of the folks who teach our kids soccer or baseball or some other sport. But coaches aren't just for kids. There are business coaches out there who can help you guide your company. Like a soccer coach providing motivation to a team, a good business coach can energize you with new ideas and new growth strategies. That includes analyzing industry trends and developing your network of contacts. Most importantly, a business coach can provide you with an objective outside opinion, free from the emotions that come with being an owner. Just like in sports, good coaching may be just what you need for your business to win consistently. Today's Money Minute is brought to you by Central Pacific Bank, where you'll always find bankers that are fiercely loyal to you. Central Pacific Bank, member FDIC. This is Gail Jennings from HawaiiDiner.com and EverybodyEats.org. I read selectively all of the papers, but I tend to read more of the columns at Star Bulletin. A lot of it is I like Erica Engel. I like her column, The Buzz. I get good information from that. I like their coverage of the different issues. I like the Star Bulletin. Would you recommend other people to read Star Bulletin? Absolutely. I think we need to be as informed as possible. Star Bulletin. This is Jim Tollefson, President and CEO of the Chamber of Commerce of Hawaii. I definitely would recommend the Chamber of Commerce to others. The benefits are that you get to meet other businesses, get to work together with other businesses, and help you improve your business to make more money to be successful. If you're not a member already, you can give me a call, 545-4300, extension 388. I invite you to join us in creating a better Hawaii, a Hawaii that's better for us, for our children, and for the future. William Donahoe, founder of the Shipping Shack, Inc. So, William, we're talking about funding prior to going to the break. Are you able to share with us a little bit more about the funding? Now, 
Is your company funded by just the government or is it also with the bank? Uh, it's just with the government only in the uh, Division of Vocational Rehab. And what I also have done, uh, Division of Vocational Rehab is under the Department of Human Services at the state of Hawaii. And during my research to eliminate as much cost and be as profitable as I can, because most of your businesses uh, fail in the first two, two and a half years, I came across uh, another state of Hawaii program under human services called a C program, S-E-E. And this program enables for businesses to hire uh, employees in the state of Hawaii, reimburses those businesses. Uh, an example was they pay, the, reimburse the employee the minimum wage plus 14% of their overall employees' wages. And they also provide transportation for the employees and also uh, provide their medical insurance. So this is one less cost for uh, a business to, to have. So most of your employees are from the C program, the SEE program? They all are. And are they, is this program available for all employers in Hawaii? No, that's correct. That's my understanding this. And I, I might add that this, this program is not that well known. And the C program, um, you know, we've been contacted. In fact, they've done a, um, this here recently, came in and did a video, uh, interviewed myself and my employees. And they're using that as a uh, public service to let other empl- employers know about this program because it's evident that not that many employers are fully aware this program is available. So using the C program, what are the advantages for an employer to use this? Uh, one of the biggest advantages is to cut down, you know, as many um, employers or business owners know, one of your major, if not the most major expenses, employees' wages and, and or benefits. And this almost totally eliminates that expense and it helps your cash flow and your profit margin. And who would be a part of the C program? What type of employees? Uh, the, the employees that are on public assistance, uh, the C program provides you a list of employees and you, you know, set up interviews just like any other job, the employer, employee, job interview, and you call them in and you interview them, and if you're satisfied, then you select candidates you know, for employees from, from those interviews, and if not, you ask the C program to provide you with more candidates to interview. Okay, so these are um, normal people. It's not people with disabilities, just on public assistance. That's correct. Okay, so to give them a job to be able to afford a higher standard of living? Correct, and I might add that I've had few people will make comments, you know, in regards to the quality of employees. And I have to say I'm very well, very well satisfied with the employees I have acquired through the C program. I feel very fortunate. They're they're all uh, well interested in the job and the success of you know, the shipping shack. And they'll have overall experience, plus each one uh, has a special field that they're in that makes the overall the experience, you know, plus the work atmosphere you know, at our shipping shack to, uh, to exist. And I feel very fortunate for the employees that I have. So, William, are you able to share with us a success story of one of your employees that you have worked with from the C program um, through their hardship working with the shipping shack, and how were you able to help them? Not any employee in particular. Uh, what it comes down to is when they came in for their interviews, I explained to them, you know, my business, my business concept. And what I want with my employees was 
they were they were feel welcome. They wanted to come to work every day. I mean, everybody likes to go to the beach or go surfing, but I don't want them to feel it was a burden for them to come to work. I explained to them, you're to report at eight o'clock. I give you and a half hour window to get to work. Due to most of these uh, uh, candidates are single moms, you know, they have children at home. And from my own experience raising a family on my own, it's a it's a hardship, and I fully understand that. And I explain that when they come to work, I want them to feel like they're part of the family, and we're all family. And because not only would everybody get along better, it also make the business run a lot smoother and more uh, prosperous. And then the customers, they come in the door, they give off the vibe, I guess you would say, and the customers will feel welcome, which I've had a lot of customers come in and say, you know, you're really feeling, you're feeling welcome here when you come in the door. So I've, I've got this point across to my employees, and they show it in their work. And there's been instances where uh, you know, my employees have had emergencies come up with their children, et cetera, and they call me up and they say, no, Mike, you know, we have this problem you know, at home, et cetera. And I fully understand, and we all work around that. They have each employee's, you know, their fellow employee's phone numbers. If they have, they have to make a schedule change, they do this. They have my permission as long as they let me know beforehand, et cetera. So everything, we all gel together as a family, and everything works out extremely well. You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. Today's guest is William Donahoe, owner of the Shipping Shack, Inc., William is the first person in Hawaii to receive governmental funding for his business due to medical disability. Our show is brought to you by Central Pacific Bank, fiercely low banking. So, William, some people say that it's difficult to do business in Hawaii. What is your feeling on that? I've ran across the main obstacles myself. In fact, there was just an article came out the other day saying I believe Hawaii is ranked 49th or 50th in the country or whatever. And just from my own personal experiences, you know, like I said, I've ran to many obstacles, but I believe, strongly believe that there's a lot, uh, a lot of programs in regards to like the funding through vocational rehab you know, in, in certain circumstances, like in regards to my disability, you know, plus the C program. And I think you know, that the word's not out there that some of these programs exist. And a lot of times this money, government money does, you know, is not used. And a lot of, and I think the, the government, you know, the state of Hawaii has these programs. They need to publicize it more and let the private sector know, you know there is help available, so, which which I believe they are starting to do now. So DVR is the one that guided you to this funding? Through my uh, fund, my grant for to start my business. And then the C program, I have uh, came across this on my own doing research okay. for, for my plan. If somebody is not working with the DVR or the C program, how would they be able to find other government grants to maybe help them with their dreams as well? Um, myself personally, I did a lot of research on the inter- on the internet. The, you know, it's very time consuming, et cetera. But there is, I came across you no know, other programs, et cetera, which I did not qualify for for you no know, government grants. And the, the programs are out there. You just have to do a lot of research, you know. And I say the internet's probably the best resource. So being in business so far for about a few months, you said, correct? Correct, since, since November. November. What do you feel have been the biggest challenges since you've opened your doors, and how have you folks been able to solve these issues? Uh, we've had several challenges. From the, first of all, some of the material I had to order from the mainland. Uh, 
payments getting uh, lost, uh, shipments getting lost coming back over here, shipments delayed, uh, software program I acquired, supposed to have been Hawaii-friendly, and there's been several bugs in the program. You know, I had to work around that because it was in the customer standing line. We're getting irritated. Um, there's been several you know, other circumstances. Uh, like it was a new, very new building I moved into uh, here when they hooked, they didn't hook the telephone line up to the building, so there wasn't no phone service, and that that delayed for me opening for like three weeks, et cetera. There is constant, as like I call turmoil. I just you know, just tried to keep you no. Know, keep focus and work, and eventually everything's worked out pretty well. So for a new business person opening their doors soon or just recently open, do you have any advice for them? Uh, yes. You know, make sure you have you know, a business plan and always have a backup plan for every aspect of your business plan. In fact, have two or three you know, directions you can go, whether it can be for funding, for material, for employees, don't wait till something happens, then try to figure out what you're going to do. Have something in mind or written down. When something occurs, you can make you no know, immediate changes and keep on going forward. If not, you will get stuck, you know, and it can make your business fail. So, William, you had started your career in FedEx, working for them as um, a shipper. Then you found out about your medical history and you know what was going on with your body. Then you decided to open your own business. How was the transition for you from an employee to an employer? Uh, the transition, I would say, was more, I'd say there's different aspects of for There was a lot of uh, emotional and mental stress, you know, not knowing which direction, if I was going to be able to go back to work, if I was going to receive my grant. I had no idea where my life you know, was going, was heading, and that was probably the most. And then trying to, I say, contour or form, you know, I had to take charge myself and say, okay, this needs to be done, this needs to be done, this needs to be done, you know, because it's like my whole life was in limbo, and nobody was, you know, at first was assisting myself or whatever, so I had to take charge and, uh, and go gone ho forward and and then make that transition from being a, an employee into a employer and trying to transform well or if I have learned from you know, my past life experience, my schooling, uh, I've had management experience, my uh, experience at FedEx, et cetera, and transform that knowledge over as an employer and trying to relate, you know, having employees underneath me in charge, which I had experience before because I've been in charge of, you know, uh, teams or et cetera in my past employment. So I did have management experience. So taking everything I have accumulated over my lifetime into the step I wanted to you know, make the direction in my life I want to go with, and at the same time trying to deal with the mental and emotional stress that was placed on myself due to the circumstances I had no control over and tried to make the adjustment. So what would you say to those people who are still employees, but they still have the dream of opening their business? What would you say to them? I, I would, my advice would be the don't wait, because a lot of people, you know, we get in the daily routine of getting up in the morning, going to work, coming home, or the case may be, and next thing you know, your half your life is gone past you, and you always could say, I should have done this. If you have a dream, 
go do it. And if you run to any obstacles in your life, you know, where it could be like my situation, where the case may be, we all have hard, rough times. Always look deep inside there, and you will find something you can grab a hold of and use that to your advantage. If you look deep enough, it's there. Thank you, William, for joining us today on Greater Good Radio Hawaii. For more information or a transcript of today's show, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. This is Carrie Leong Singh. Please join us next time for another episode of Greater Good Radio Hawaii. This show is brought to you today by Central Pacific Bank, fiercely low banking.